jazz hands. Did you just say jazz hands? I did say jazz hands. I wanted to do something different, you know. That's not Matrixy or sci-fi or video game. Well, I guess video game. Why? Why would? Why does it need to be Matrixy or sci-fi? We're podcasting. Like that's that, why the, I, podcasting is not the Matrix. I just want to let you know, in case you were confused. It is one hundred percent. Every time we podcast, we've gone over this before. I enter the Matrix. Harvey Z. I don't think we've gone the- over this before. I think you have said that before, and I've pointedly ignored it because I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> but now, now because I don't have anything else to talk about during this intro, I am going to go down the rabbit hole. I'm going to follow the white rabbit and figure out what the hell you're talking about. Like every podcast, almost when we clap in the beginning and I say I'm in or this is it or let's go or so in my head i've just visualized like as we clap like i've jacked myself in the head with that like wire and i'm in the matrix now and we are in the podcasting matrix <laughs> like whatever we talk about comes to life like i mean like this is old like 1990s matrix talk here but like the white room and like whatever we speak about comes into existence like that is how i visualize what we do as podcasters. You... Uh, well, okay. What have you been doing this whole time? I've been talking to you. Like, but in... Like, okay, okay. So so did you jack yourself into the Matrix when we were doing this in person? There we clapped together. So we were sort of already maybe in like the same room and such. But yes, like that is what we do. We... I don't want to keep saying Jack and I see it. You're going to go down that. But yes, we, we Jack ourselves in. Uh, we become in sync. Like you clap, I clap. And now we're like together on the same, like, cause otherwise all we see in front of us are these sound waves, but these sound waves mean things like they're I mean, words. I, but, but like, and I feel like that's not jacking yourself in. I feel like that you're more like the operator who is looking at the lines of code and seeing everything like you're looking at the sound waves and you're being like this this is what what is represented in in what we're talking about not jacking in i feel like the the listener is the operator like taking in our sound waves and like observing it and stuff because like to me all i have in front spoilers and sausage like it's just this sound wave thing that goes up and down and that's all i stare at when i podcast and i'm just like these little like squiggly lines though are concepts and ideas and like i'm on a train right now going on a bullet's train down the japanese countryside i look outside and it's sunny i've just conveyed that but here squiggles squiggle squiggle squiggles and the listener hopefully they pictured me or something on a train going down a japanese countryside at daylight or such instead of hearing like zeros and ones or squiggles and stuff can i say something sure how do you do this? I'm honestly just blown away time and time again from just talking to you. Like you think I would expect it after 130 episodes, but no, no, this is just, it's, it's always a, a new thing. And I like, this is not said in like any sort of like dismissive or backhanded way. Like this is legitimate, just like awe of your brain and how you process things. I mean, 
I thought everybody does this. I guess this is the same realization I guess I had in college where not everybody thinks like me, but like, <laughs> I mean, you're staring at this squiggly line. Like, I'm not staring at the squiggly line. See, I have two monitors and the squiggly, mo- squiggly lines are on the off-facing monitor that I'm not looking at because I have another monitor in front of me where I bring up information and news and things that I'm reading and like anything I've planned when that rarely happens. Oh yeah, I just stare at the squiggles. Like I (laughs) stare at the squiggles and then off to the side is like the timer. And so I just see seconds ticking by of like existence. Sometimes I'll like switch to things that we talk about and such, but usually because I'm the no prep guy, I just stare at squiggle lines and I'm like, in these lines, so much is conveyed. And I just like imagine what's in there, except I know what's in there. It's this. I'm, I'm, I'm conveying it right now. <laughs> Enter the squiggle. <sighs> okay. Well, I, I get it. I get it a little more now because I don't stare at the squiggles. And I can understand after like 60 episodes of just squiggles, you would might start going a little mad hatter and imagining where the squiggles take you i mean when we were together i could stare at you so that was a different thing but you got replaced by squiggles and so you are the squiggles across from me (laughs) i feel like that is some sort of like profound statement but any profound statement that has the word squiggles in it just doesn't come across that well and it's ironic because actually like to be fair, this thing only picks up my side of the conversation. So all the squiggles are me. You're actually the flat lines in the squiggles. The space is in between. I'm I'm the anti-squiggle. <laughs> Can't even say it with a straight face. It's a gamer. We're here. It's a gamer. This makes no fucking sense, but we're doing it anyway. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Me a Gamer, the procedurally generated podcast that's a roguelike for your ears. I'm your host, Atma, and I'm here with... Harvey Z, in the place to be. So this this episode, like many episodes, is going to be a little weird. <laughs> and that is mostly because I am, like, short on brain this week. Like, I, I don't know what's been going on, but this week I have not been operating at 100% capacity. It's been taking me, like, twice as long to do stuff for work than mm-hmm. it would normally do. So, like, my job is just kind of, like, I'm not behind, but I'm not as efficient as I should be, you know? It's just that kind of... Yeah, I totally understand the concept of, like, not burnt out and not, like, at the end of your rope or anything, but just... Less efficient is a good way to put it. Yeah. So I probably could have prepared something a little more cooler for this episode. Instead, I downloaded Marvel Snap. As did I. I didn't even know you were planning to, but I did see, I think you got it on Steam or something because I could see that you were playing it. Yeah, I, I played it on Steam, but I've also got it on my phone. And like you can link your Google account so I can like play it on both. So uh-huh. like when my phone runs low on battery because I've been playing for it for too long, I can switch to the computer if I want to. Okay, you've definitely then played it way more than I have, but yes, yeah, it's a problem. It. Like I mean, so it's a card game. It just came out like yesterday. Um, well, okay, I'll, I'll, let me just. Yeah. It's really really weird because it's still technically early access. I think on Steam. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's classified as an early access game on Steam, and it's been out in a beta capacity for a while. Like special people got beta invites or something. I don't know how long that went. But then, like, I think it's officially out on phone now. Like, it's not an early access game on phone, but it's considered early access on Steam. It's in a very, really weird position. It's primarily a phone game, though. And I think they just have, like, a PC client that's in, like, beta early access sort of thing. Yeah, because I, as a Mac, can't get it on Steam. Okay. Anyway, continue. Oh, but so, yeah, like, this seems like up my wheelhouse. I play, like, Hearthstone games. I play, like, poop games, basically. And this is a very poop game sort of a thing where it's quick matches, online play and stuff. How are you finding it, though? I'm, like, of two minds about it because I really like the actual game. Uh-huh. Like, the 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 game they've set up where you, like, the one-on-one you have a deck that you build and there's three locations mm-hmm. and you play your marvel characters at each location then there's six rounds and at the end of the six rounds you have to be winning two of the three locations and if you do that you win and it gets a little more complicated than that and we'll get into that and like that part of it is really really good to me like i legitimately enjoy the actual card game that they have created i absolutely hate everything else now i'm curious as to what else there is but i was about to say like that's because the game is really familiar do you know like what it, it, is it basically hearthstone it's not hearthstone at all hearthstone is much closer to like a magic the gathering or actually like reading through your description of inscription from uh-huh. your article online. That's like a Hearthstone game where you described it very well. Uh, what this is, though, is a card game that we played in real life. Smash oh, wait, up. wait, wait. Smash Up? Smash Up. Uh, now that you, as soon as you started talking about it, I started thinking, I'm like, oh my God, you're right. Like, that's why, like, when I played it the first couple times, I was like, wait a second, why is this familiar? Preset locations, you're vying for points, there's a set amount of turns, and I was like, holy shit, this is the game I own, Smash Up, and once I realized that, I really enjoy it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I I mean, I like Smash Up to begin with, um, and yeah, I, I do really enjoy this game because it has a lot of strategy to it once you start unlocking the cards and like have choices to make and everything so then what do you dislike because there are probably stuff to dislike but i don't notice it probably there's a lot of cosmetic shit so the good thing about it and i will clarify this in like quotes because it's not they could have built it a different way it's like the the problems i have with it just basically come down to the fact that it's a mobile game and it's designed like a mobile game. Uh, But the quote unquote good thing about it is that you don't have to pay money to get cards and money is only involved if you want to get like cosmetic variants and stuff, except in one small case. And I'll get to that. So basically the way the system works for this game is I, I'm I'm pulling it up on my phone right now um, so I can sort of look at the main menu screen. So there are literally three different, I guess technically four, 
different things to track. Yes. And so this, this gets weird. Yeah, it gets weird. So I'm going to try and explain it for listeners who probably haven't played the game. And I'm, I'm going to see how, how I do. So first, I guess there's like your rank in terms of playing, which is... Yes, you're, you know, you're, like how, what level you're at, you know, sort of like your, your MMR, your SR, those sorts of things where it's like, you know, every 10 ranks you go up from iron to bronze yes. to silver to gold and so on and so forth. So like, mm -hmm. I'm currently level 35 in that I'm a silver rank. Holy shit. I'm like level, I think 17. Yeah. I I played a lot. It's very easy to play while you're watching TV or something else. So like, true. I, I played it a lot last night and today a little bit while I was supposed to be working because I couldn't focus. But I'm not going to talk about that. So there's that rank, and that rank doesn't really matter that much aside from like who you're playing against. You know, like obviously the higher up you go, the more you know harder opponents you'll have because you're facing people at a better skill level but in terms of like rewards there there are a couple like rewards attached to it but the the rewards are only every 10 levels so it's not as big a deal if you don't make rank that much mm -hmm. so then there are missions which yeah. is one the main way you get experience for the battle pass which is the third thing but also the main, like, one of the main mobile aspects because they're, like, you get, like, daily missions and they refill every six or eight hours or something like that. So you can, and you have to, you know, pay gold bars to refresh the daily missions. And that's that sort of artificial mobile gameplay where, it, like, they don't want you to play. They want you to pay money to unlock these missions instead of waiting eight hours because waiting eight like it's dumb they should you should be able to get out an experience by playing without worrying about the fact that you know you've taken up your well, daily mission allotment already for the last for the next eight hours there are and even in that there's daily missions but below the daily missions there are like weekly missions as well as there's not only weekly missions there's missions of a ranking category like a rookie there's i'm on like the second one of those where it's like you have to complete seven missions of a type to advance and rank in this other category and this right. is where i got weird and one of those things was like complete two daily missions and i unlocked it just as i finished all my daily missions and so i was like crap i've got to wait eight hours to do this mission yeah yeah and that's that that stupid mobile game yeah. setup because they're they're adding ways to make people want to be like oh well i'm impatient and want to play now and get more stuff now so i'm just gonna pay extra money and get these gold bars um and okay, to be so fair like and you can play it you could play without doing the daily missions you just don't get any of the xp or the mission points for it correct so it doesn't stop um, you from playing. So then next is the battle pass. Mm -hmm. And that sort of works the same way as any other battle pass. I did buy the battle pass just because I wanted oh. to. So like um, I'm not going to I, I don't mind buying like battle pass stuff. I will not buy 
fucking gold bars to increase my time. That I no, the gold and the gold bar like ratios are terrible. Like they yeah, don't give you yeah, what yeah. Work. Like it, 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 that that's not gonna happen. But yes. so there, and so one of the nice thing they do is they have like a recruit battle pass that is free that for like all new players. So like basically first twenty levels or so. Uh, you get like a free recruit battle pass that gives you a bunch of stuff and it kind of gives you a feel for like what you're getting from a battle pass. Oh, maybe that's what I'm doing. Cause is that the, uh, like I'm on recruit season chapter one, recruit season chapter two. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's free. And th I think that ends with you getting the blue Marvel card, I believe. Oh yes. The season yeah. pass gives ends with the blue Marvel card. Yeah. Right. So then after you complete that recruit pass, you will get, you will unlock like the actual, like, payment pass which is a, a so the night the nice thing about it is if you buy the battle pass you automatically get the card which because it's like the level one card and this this is basically a spider-man battle pass you get miles morales card oh because um, i don't have that yet oh is that the symbiote war thing that they yeah the symbiote about? invasion ah so in and order so to get that i have the to way buy. the way those battle passes works is like there's one card there's a new card and if you buy the battle pass, you get the card automatically into your deck. Anyone who doesn't get the battle pass, once the next battle pass comes out, which is in two months, basically, that's about how long they go for. Or maybe maybe it's less than that. It says two weeks, five days currently. But either way, once the battle pass ends, the card goes into like the random rotation. And so you can get it randomly later. But... If you want to make sure you get it, you buy the battle pass. Basically, is is how it works. But anyone can get any card for free uh, if the, you just wait. Now, the fourth thing is sort of where all the mobile crap comes together and makes me annoyed. So the fourth thing is your collection level, and basically this is how you get new cards. Yes, that is frustrating right now to me right i mean because because to get new cards so to increase your collection level mm -hmm. you have to upgrade your cards that you own currently and you start off with plenty of credits to upgrade your cards but as with any mobile game like you upgrade them from common to uncommon to rare to epic i think and so on and so forth and the good news about that is that they don't affect the cards themselves you don't it's not pay to win the cards don't get more powerful they just get cooler artwork like when you upgrade from common to uncommon it goes from a framed card to like what they call a frame break so it like sort of busts out of the card so it's a little more interesting visually Which, to look at i like it it looks cool and all but i wish it wasn't like for me in the beginning what i did i didn't advance on this track for a while because i was like oh maybe this costs currency and it kind of does but i was like i'll save up to upgrade the ones i need or something but like it seems random to me yeah so so can can you pull up your collection level yep uh i pulled up my collection level so so go all the way to the bottom i want to ask what the first couple cards you got were because like okay. what you the first like wait seems how do like, i find my collection so just level. just scroll up or down i don't know which way but like basically i'm trying to figure out how down. to get to the collection actually so i'm on so the main you click oh, on the, the green thing yep in the middle. okay and then so you want me to go to the bottom yeah yeah just scroll all so the way down to the bottom i so assume like, do we all get the same cards 
That no, no, you don't. But that's what I want to check. So, what was the first card you got? Jessica Jones, which is an amazing strong card. Right. So, so Jessica Jones was also the first card I got. So I want you to scroll up to level fourteen and tell me what card that is. I think that was the first random card, but that's Odin. That one is Odin for me as well. So then go to eighteen. Uh, eighteen was Enchantress. Okay, I got Carnage at level eighteen. So oh, that sounds like. Cool. So basically, the way it works is as you upgrade your cards, you go up this collection level, and so you get new cards. So as you can see, the first like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight cards are not random. Uh, mm -hmm. So everyone gets like those cards for their deck. But then from then on, every every other collection level that you go up, so it's a, every two levels you get a yeah. reward. Uh, starting at level, starting at level two. So, but like for the first while you get cards and then I'm, I'm, this is really boring. I'm sorry. Um, but you, it like goes back and forth between getting new cards and then like credits to upgrade your cards or like boosters that you need, but two things you need to upgrade your cards, credits and boosters. Once you run out of the daily missions, once you're not doing the missions anymore and you have to wait you run out of the upgrade material, which means you run out of the collection level going up, which means you run out of new cards. And it just, it's really frustrating because like part of the fun is getting new cards and like building decks and trying out strategies. And like, I've gotten like one or two cards that seem to be really good if they synergize with something else. Mm -hmm. But I haven't unlocked those cards yet, and I can't because I'm not going to drop. How much? How much money do they want? Let's see. Yeah, you can buy uh, 120 gold to get 150 credits, and you get 300 gold for five bucks. So basically, I would be able to level up two cards, maybe three, for five oh, so, bucks. See, this is where. What I've noticed is the way I've been upgrading my cards is if you just win matches, your cards randomly get points added to them. But I that, can't. Well, that's pick the which booster ones. part. You don't. You never get credits for matches unless you like are doing missions. That's true. You don't. Get so credits. so like you you can get the you get the boosters by playing matches, which is you know good. So like I have a whole bunch of cards sitting here waiting to be upgraded because I don't have the credits to upgrade. Them. Oh, so you have the opposite. Pro I have tons of credit right now. Like I have a thousand credits, but I don't have cards to be boosted. Yeah. Like once, you, I get played a lot of once you play like long enough, like you, you run out of credits and mm. like, if you're like me and you play straight for like a while and get addicted to the game, <laughs> you just, you run out of things to, to uh, credits to upgrade, and that's where they want you to spend your money. You can play matches until the cows come home, but you're not getting credits from those matches unless you get the daily missions. And again, I'm just circling back to this mobile gaming structure, which is they don't want you to play the game. They want you to spend money. And I just, I hate it. Ah, that's why I'm like, this game is fine because I haven't run out of the resource yet. The resource that I've run low on is just, I have to play more matches, but you're completely right, which is at some point, this is how the mobile games get you. There has to be a resource that completely stops you. Um, like in my Warhammer one that I've been playing, like that one, 
every match you play costs like six energy and you get 50 energy every day. So if you run out of it, you can play like nine games. And then after that, you either have to wait or you pay money and then you'll get more energy to play more matches kind of a thing. Like the nice thing about this is that it doesn't ever limit your ability to play matches. Mm-hmm. God damn it. What the hell just happened? My computer turned off. Monitors did. My computer's fine. Anyway, so you can always play the game, but at a certain point, like if you're not happy with your deck, if you're you're not having fun actually playing and like using the cards you have, once you get stuck, it, it like it's like well, the only way to get new cards to get out of this funk is to pay money and, and that's a shitload of money. Like yeah. it's not easy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, okay, now I see what you're saying completely about the... Because the game was solid, and I'm like, I'm enjoying the game. No qualms. It's the cards, and yeah, once that runs out, I can see that sucking. Yeah, so you mentioned Warhammer, and (laughs) I believe you want to try and um, convince me to do something. Well, or me. Like, I'm a man on a ledge right now. Like... So this weekend, I started watching, like, random videos on YouTube, and, like, I started to fall down a rabbit hole, and then that rabbit hole was, like, painting minis, and I don't know how I got on it, but I just started watching, like, dudes painting Warhammer minis, and then from that, I was like, I don't know much, I know Warhammer, like, I know it exists and stuff, but I don't know the lore, so then I started reading about the lore, and then I was like, oh, that's interesting, and now I know the concept, what are all the factions, and Warhammer, there's a shit ton of factions, and now I'm kind of on this ledge, like, pulling my, walking further and further out, and I'm like, maybe I want to play Warhammer now, and Warhammer is a game that has a huge entry cost kind of a thing but -hmm. i guess the other part of it is you then not only have to pay the entry cost yourself you got to convince somebody else to like jump off the ledge with you because otherwise then you've just got a whole bunch of painted minis and no one to play with kind of a thing (laughs) and so the first part is like even if you buy a shit ton of stuff, now that I've seen all these cool things and stuff and it's like, oh, what would I want? They all come unpainted. And so the best enjoyment, I guess, comes because there's a whole side of just hobbyists who paint these things and they don't play. And then there's the people who play and don't really paint that well. And then there's the people who seem to do both, but like are amazing painters. And and you're like, I could probably do that. And I know for a fact, like I probably will not make like amazing like minifigs that these guys are drawing and stuff and so i'm like am i going to be content with like shitty looking minis playing this game when in my head i'm like oh i could have epic battle scenes and all these sequences and it could be so cool because what i'm seeing on the internet is people with like high production values putting up their figures and fighting each other and stuff and i'm like there's a starter kit and it's like 180 bucks once I have that, I've now spent basically almost 200 bucks, not including the cost of paints, which seems to be around another 50 plus bucks. So now I'm 250 in the hole and I've done all of that. And then I'll, by the end of it, I'll have to spend several hours painting these little minis. I need to also have the time to do that. And then once I do that, I need to convince somebody else to have simultaneously done this so that they would be able to play with me. And so, uh, do you have a uh, time, money and a need for a new hobby? I mean, so like 250 bucks and like a couple, like many hours and like a place to like set up a painting studio thing 
and then we paint it and then a few like weeks later we could play a match Ugh. <laughs> uh, okay um like so, you. so here's the thing uh-huh i i just i don't have the space like i have less space than you yes yeah yeah I agree. yeah like like space is the first primary concern here and like it's a little bit like a gas right where like i moved into this new house a year ago and thought oh my god there's so much space Mm -hmm. and like moving from the old apartment we were in to this new house we're in yes yes absolutely there is more space but you spread out and you fill the space Mm -hmm. and then you're like fuck i need more space so currently my space is no because like we might so like we have a nice table that would be nice to paint at but it's also our eating table and i don't think my girlfriend would appreciate her nice wooden table accidentally getting warhammer paint on it no like so that's yeah like you need in the beginning there's also two coats of like spray paint required and stuff so we got to go outside you have a yard i don't but we could spray paint in your backyard but then we do need a space to then paint paint yeah and it's detailed tiny like these people are fucking artists here with like their skill of like where each little two inch figure they're spending like 10 plus hours painting i don't have 10 plus hours each weekend even yeah yeah like the thing is and i i i hate saying this because i'm a person who habitually hates closing off opportunities straightforward i have problems like one of the reasons i've never taken off in a career is because there's like five to ten different careers i would like to have all at the same time and my struggle to really focus and pick one is why at 37 i am podcasting as a hobby and writing as a hobby and playing video games as a hobby and working in an office job for 40 hours a week to pay because I could never sit down and focus on the one thing I wanted to do because I never wanted to be like, oh, well, streaming's cool. I could always hop back into streaming, you know. It would be neat to be a streamer. Uh, But I've also, I've always wanted to, like, learn how to, like, play music and, and create songs and like i downloaded fruity loops i bought that but i haven't gotten a real chance to use it yet maybe i should break out that piano usb piano that i bought and start trying to like make music again and oh i have that animation tutorial that i always wanted to like learn how to make sprite animations and once i learn how to make sprite animations then i can start learning how to code and maybe program a video game and that's something i could always do and oh god it's 11:30 at night and I've been thinking about doing all of this and I haven't done anything. I guess I'm going to play Marvel Snap and go to bed. That was a long rant to say I can't add Warhammer to it. I'm sorry. I can't. I just like physically cannot add another thing that will take time to my I, repertoire of things that I want to do already. I feel like I need to remind myself that because I'm in the same boat. But I'm because I've watched so much, I've sort of fallen in like this... Ooh, shiny like it could be so cool but i'm i'm seeing the top-notch premiere stuff like it's sort of like 
I want to play D and D. And if you watch Critical Role and that's your only reference for D and D, like yes, that's great. But that's like production, everything, and investment time. These are voice actors. Like your home game is probably not going to be that way, and that's perfectly fine. Like I'm actually happy with home D and D as well. But right, like. Yeah you got to set your expectations in a different sense. And right now I'm just watching like the shiniest, coolest stuff. And to be fair, I actually watched one. I've only watched one like real match of like two people playing Warhammer. And I was kind of like, eh, it was kind of <laughs> all the edited videos were cool. The edited videos where they cut it down and it was like 30 minutes and you watch the whole match and it was cool. The other one was like four hours. And I kind of, there was a ton of dice rolling, a shit ton of dice rolling more dice rolling and then like the figures move a little bit and stuff but like but it has such potential in my mind to tell stories and i think so, that's where i'm like torn okay so there was a game that was revealed that might be of interest to you a while back it's called moonbreaker it's uh the the team behind subnautica has teamed up with brandon sanderson who I'm sure you left, no, left yeah. right? And they are creating a turn-based tabletop tactics game that is supposed to be an actual digital, digital miniatures experience where you get, like, and collect miniatures and, like, paint them, quote-unquote, in, in the game and, like, can customize them in the game and then play with people. I'm, I'm watching it right now. And you... you... I, I saw this earlier and I was like, oh, this doesn't catch my eye now that you've described it this way. So I can paint these little minifigs, these digital minifigs, and I can see they're you're just picking up the pieces and stuff. They're not animated per se. Yeah, it, it's like it's, it's a literal virtual tabletop experience. Like they're not going for like, oh, it's a tactics game where you like move in a grid and whatnot and like not animated like XCOM. No, they're like figurines and you move them around the board that's available and everything. And there's like cool animations to go with it, but like they're pieces yeah. and you can paint them and customize them the way you want to. The customization aspect is what really just sold me now. I'm adding it to my wish list to like follow because it seems also like an online type of multiplayer. Oh, there's tons of figures and you're you're right like and it's custom paint them and oh shit this might be what i was looking for <laughs> this this might be exactly the problem with this one though is there's no lore because now so warhammer apparently a there's a, there's yeah. like stories and books and this is where it was one of those things where again i was like oh i just don't know it but again, with the beauty of the internet and thanks to a ton of time and videos, I've watched a lot of shit now where I'm like, I know what Chaos Marines are. I know the demon gods now. I know like this stuff. And like, I'm into it now. The flip side of that is, again, like each army is like a fucking like $200 investment. So like, right. if you want to collect them all, that's like 200 plus like 10 different armies and stuff. That's 2000. It's impossible. So on the lore side... This game is obviously, it's being written by Brandon Sanderson. Sanderson. So yeah, you can yeah. bet there's going to be like really good world building in that sense. But also there is a fuck ton of Warhammer video games. Like just an absolute metric shit ton. So that's where, that was the next phase of where we got into where I was like, perhaps there is Warhammer video games that might itch 
the scratch scratch the itch that I have. Itch the scratch. Itch the scratch. Uh, and so then I started looking up like top ten Warhammer games and top ten, and then so StarCraft is really close to Warhammer. Mm-hmm. FYI, there's like Space Marines in both Zerg and like the Tyranid races and stuff. They're almost one to one. And I don't know if that's intentional or not. Like, which I, one I honestly, first? I don't know. I, I that this is you. You've delved into a nerd area that I have very little knowledge of. Like Warhammer has always been one of those things where it's like, I understand why people are into this, but like I can't. I my I don't have the brain power. I don't have the brain space. I don't have the time space. Like if I started learning this, I think warm childhood memories would be ejected out of my brain and I would become a more awful person because there's just no room for it. I can't. This gives me ideas. <laughs> Plotting ideas. But it's funny that you should say that in the sense that I now have acquired a new video game. Ta-da! Uh, uh, oh? What, what, I, what I have purchased a game since I am in my 12 games a year thing. I have purchased two games one of which is Warhammer related and the other one ADHD. Just blame ADHD. <laughs> All right. Well, what did you get? Uh, so the Warhammer game that I chose was, you're right, there's like 40 plus Warhammer games. Uh, the one I got is Warhammer 40,000 Mechanicus. Mechanicus. Why did I pick that one? It came out, I think, in 2018 or 2019. So it's relatively new. And uh-huh. it is described as Warhammer meets XCOM. Okay. Anytime anybody says meets XCOM, I'm like, sold. You got me. I mean, what else can I say? Like, but basically the, the, it follows, this is the problem I had as well. So Mechanicus is one of like the 10 or 12 different races of Warhammer 40,000. And uh-huh. to be fair, one of the least lesser exciting ones, they're the weird cyborg robot guys. Um, However, it was highly rated as a game, like in the Warhammer franchises of like top 10 Warhammer games and stuff. It's consistently in like the top 10s in like various people's rankings and across different years and such. And the problem is the other good Warhammer games, the best one seems to be a first person shooter. Not going to do that. Can't see behind myself. And the other one is like a real time strategy. And yeah, the, the Total like, War Warhammer. I'm not assuming. the Total War. The Dawn but of to- War it's called oh. like Warhammer Dawn of War. It came out in like 2004 or 2009. And it's considered like the number one Warhammer game of all time competing with Warhammer Dawn of War 2, which is the other one. And the people have differences because one is a full real-time strategy and the other one is more like Warcraft 3. Gotcha. And so it's basically, do you like your Warcraft 2 or do you like your Warcraft 3? And those are the two major kind of things. And then there is this Total War franchise, but that's not quite the same. And someone even out there has made a Warhammer, if you like, Civilization. And you can play like Warhammer Civ in a way. Yeah, they've, they've got some something for everyone in yeah. the Warhammer universe. Like, like there is a, it is mind-boggling how many... I mean, we've even played Blood Bowl, which is technically yeah. a variant on Warhammer. There's Warhammer football, basically. Yeah. Like, like, they have Warhammer chess. They have Warhammer card games. I have my poop game. That's a licensed Warhammer game. Uh, I'm impressed with it. And so, again, I was looking for, like, one game that had everything, and this isn't it. But people said this was a really good, if you like XCOM-style, like, turn-based, like, tactical game, 
this is fun it's easy to play and it's deep in the lore of like this single area which is these two warhammer races um fighting against each other um and it's not like all 18 or so but i think that's why if you want all 18 it's the dawn of war series that has them all i think gotcha and my hesitation with that one was those games were made in like 2009 and 2004 but considered the greatest but i was like I know graphics and stuff, and it is sort of weird to go back and play retro. Like, I know Age of Empires 2 is great. Playing it now feels weird. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But also, like, some people might just like that sort of yeah. uh, retro-y type game. And, like, apparently there was a Dawn of War 3, but it bombed compared to the other two, and so that's why yeah, I like Yeah, there's one called, I think, Dark Tide. Is that, uh-huh. is that the, the, the most I, I heard about one? that one. There's like a Vermintide, which is Warhammer 1, and then there's Warhammer 40K, I think, is uh, Dark Tides. Yeah, and so Vermintide and Dark Tide are both like left for dead in the Warhammer universe, basically. Uh-huh. Where, where like it's sort of like a co-op. You play with your friends and like fight, mm-hmm. um, you know, waves of enemies and that sort of thing. And everyone has a different class, and that's and that and so, yeah, you're right. Dark Tide is the 40k version, and there is a Vermin Tide, which is like the regular Warhammer. And so, yes, I have purchased now two new games, and then so the second game I bought that is unrelated to Warhammer, though, I just picked it up because it was there and it was like ten bucks or so. Uh, is a game called uh, Road Warden. It's a small pixelated game, and I think it's a text-based choose-your-own-adventure style game. Uh-huh. Like, it's less than one gig. But it seemed really cool. It's sort of a weird indie game. Apparently, it's the year's best interactive fantasy novel uh, is the award that it just got. But I'll let you know how that is. Uh, okay. I It just seemed it seemed like a peaceful game. And the animation style was sort of quirky. And I was like, I'm buying this 10 gig Mechanis Warhammer thing. And it's XCOM. And this one is like, oh, it's 800 megs. How adorable. I'll grab it. Cool. Yeah, that's so, not a bad idea. Yeah, I'm interested to see what your opinion is because I like you because you grab these random games that you like. They pique your interest from like description, and like I I know a lot of games, but like sometimes I just sort of get bogged down in the Metacritic and the Twitter sphere and just sort of like what comes across, and I don't really like just look for random shit that I might enjoy that might be a little buggy or whatever. And so like hearing these things, like sometimes we get a Baobab's mausoleum. I was listening to that episode today coming from work. Oh God. (laughs) Oh God. Um, And, and sometimes we get, well, I inflicted the other game on you kind of. So that, that one, not sometimes we'll get like a BattleTech was my random game this year that I picked up and I was like, this is amazing. I love it. Well, I mean, BattleTech I talked about, Oh, that's podcast. right. Damn it. You You're you right. don't get to claim that one. I think I beat it before you did, though. You you absolutely did finish it. You you did do that. I will I will say that. But I definitely talked about Battletech before you got it. I was wondering how I like how did I come up with that genius of an idea? <laughs> it's me. I was the genius. Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the genius now. Uh, now. <laughs> So I guess uh, while we're on the subject, like I have been, it's, it's been a very interesting experience because like I have been, as as we talked about a little last week, like I did break down and I, I played Shovel Knight Dig and that's fun. 
It's very interesting sort of roguelike combined with kind of like Dig Dug in a way. Because, like, you're only going down. You can't jump up. Like, you can jump, but, like, going back up is not really a thing. So it's just, like, descending vertically. And, like, once <laughs> you go down and there's, like, a timer and, like, a giant drill comes after you if you don't dig down fast enough. So, like, it's a very interesting spin on the roguelike. And I like it. It's interesting. Uh, I've made it to, like, the third area at this point it's slow progress i'm it's a good roguelike but it's also it leans a little bit on the side of the roguelikes that i don't like which is you make progress but sometimes i don't feel like the progress is meaningful enough like i still have to have cut a near perfect run to make it all the way to the end you know it's not like dead cells or something like that where like as I'm unlocking new things and going through, like the the runs are getting more entertaining. Like it's uh. it's a lot of the same stuff happening every round, and in a platformer, that starts to get a little meh. Mm-hmm. Like it gets a little frustrating. Like I want to feel more progress when I'm doing like a more action oriented roguelike, but it's still decent. I'm still enjoying my purchase. Um, But the other game that I played, which was free on PS Plus, I think last month, maybe this month, it might still be available. Probably not by the time you hear this, though, so I apologize. But I was playing Super Hot. Super Hot. Super Hot. (laughs) Super Hot. Super Hot. Do they it, actually, I imagine that's what the soundtrack is. It's just somebody saying that over and over. Throughout I mean, that, that's that's how it pretty much goes in the game. Like that's what they say at the end after you beat every level. It's just like it's just, it just replays you beating the level at like regular speed. Because the so super hot is a very simple sort of puzzle shooter game where time only moves when you move, basically. And so you have to, like, figure out your shots and, like, aim ahead of time. So, like, like you'll aim your bullet at the trajectory of where the, the enemies are running towards. So you make sure you hit them. Or you have to, like, dodge their bullets and then run up to them and knock their gun out of their hands. And so then you can shoot them. Like, and it's, it's very much more of a puzzle game than a shooter. Uh, because you're sort of, like, figuring out the... the best route and like oh god there's a guy coming around this corner that i didn't notice and he shotguns you from behind and so now you have to take that into account the next time you go through the level and it was it's very interesting it's very cool uh it also has a weirdly creepy story there's a story yeah it's almost plays kind of like a, a techno horror game and i don't really want to say much more than that like, like, I guess a lot of people have played it already because this came out in like 2016 or something like that. And yeah, so like, it, but it, it's like a fantastic game and I, I highly recommend it. It's one of the most innovative shooters I've played in years. Really should just check it out if you haven't. And like, it, it's short too. Like I beat the campaign in like two hours so it, it's not a, it's not very dense. It's it's a good, like, it's really one of those good games that I got for free on PS Plus. Like, 
I might not have ever felt like I wanted to spend the money on the game, but getting to play it for free was absolutely worth it. You got anything else to add? Hmm. Not so much. I think, like, we've kind of hit all of our points except for, like, we did go and see a movie together. Oh, yeah, we did. We, uh... You uh, you offered on on the on an earlier podcast, and and then I accepted, and so we did go and see the thing this past week. My first time actually seeing the full movie, the thing. I've interestingly listened to the soundtrack way more, and I've seen like clips and pieces of the thing, like in everybody's like sort of meme culture and psyche and stuff. But I've never actually, yeah. It's it's a very enjoyable movie. I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, like I I've seen I've seen it all the way through once, I think. And I've seen it in bits and pieces. But the the time I saw it all the way through was far enough back that I definitely didn't remember every single scene in the movie. Uh I remembered the specific like the most tense, like scary scenes that you, you you probably will remember once you've seen it. But like getting to see it in theaters was really cool. Yeah, that was nice. And so I will say as a horror movie, it's very satisfying because like from the offset, I'm like, my problem with horror movies is like you like gory horror movies. You like to have a high body count kind of thing. But like many horror movies, it's like six characters. And so you're like, you're going to watch these six characters survive or so. And so how many people are really going to die in it? Six, maybe five in one survivor. Who's the last, but in here, like I'm counting it from the beginning. And I'm like, Holy shit. There's like 11 or there's a dozen people. And it does a pretty good job in the beginning of like, this is who everybody is. And this is what their quirks and personalities are. And it does it very nicely for like a dozen people. So I enjoyed that. It didn't feel like there was any throwaway people in the whole movie i was like i kind of got a sense of who everybody was to some degree sort of like how aliens was and if aliens i guess was playing or alien one it was playing in the theaters maybe i'd go see that but this i found really really enjoyable and it didn't feel like i guess as a child like too scary or maybe i've seen parts of this so it wasn't scary but it was a very much like an atma movie where like a group of people confined and stuck in a place kind of a situation with like dealing with this outside threat, the psychological thriller of it. Oh, it's so, so good. Yeah. Like I, I really love just how much of a psychological horror movie it is on top of like the actual weird gore and violence. Like, I, I think that's why I appreciate it because it's, I know people have like soft spots for slashers Mm -hmm. and I've always liked something like Scream or something like The Thing where there's like a mystery in addition to the horror, you know, and Mm -hmm. The Thing is very much a we don't know who's the bad guy. Any of them could be the bad guy and getting to and then like the characters themselves are devolving into the paranoia of they don't know who the bad guy is. And, like, watching that mistrust slowly, like, infiltrate all the characters' actions as they start out as, like, this nice group of, like, co-workers, but also, like, nice to each other people. And then they slowly break down until, like, no one trusts each other and they turn into this mob of just, I don't know. It's great. I love those types of things. I love having a mystery aspect to it. 
I love not knowing who the bad person is and like having that on top of like the horror. Sometimes it's fun to watch a guy in a hockey mask just, you know, kill random people. But like that sort of slides further down the line of torture porn, which I don't like. Oh, that's a whole separate jump. Like you're yeah. now cross jumping. But yes, I could see where you go from slasher to like the torture porn stuff. Yeah. The I mean, thing is sort of in a different cat. And now that's why like part of me is like, I want more movies that are like the thing. And I'm sure there's plenty of them out there. Um, like I, I just don't know of them. And if like our listeners have suggestions, I'm game. I know there is a thing sequel or prequel. If there is, uh, it's I don't, not as good. I it's figured, interesting. But... It's not. It's not bad. It's not good though. Okay, I'm. I'm inclined to want to go check that out to see if that might fill the need. But I don't think you can capture the same magic that is the thing. Weirdly enough, like I won't spoil it, but like the biggest problem with the thing, not the thing. Like I don't. I don't even know how to talk about it. Like the the recent thing, <laughs> the new thing. The new thing, it tries too much to be like the original thing. Like, it doesn't add anything uh. <laughs> that makes it worthwhile. There's so much you could do with the concept. And it's just sort of like, it really came out of that time where reboots were just like, hey, you remember this from the first movie? Yeah, that's cool, right? And like, yeah, it was just filled with that sort of like, haha, we're clever. This is the same shot from the first movie. You remember that? Yeah, that's cool. Hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 like there's got to be the thing has probably influenced so many things in a way. Like I'm like when I listen to the soundtrack, one, I love the soundtrack just in general, but two, to me, the XCOM soundtrack, it's got to be based off of the thing, right? <laughs> like the original XCOM soundtrack, I should say, like the '90s game XCOM. Yeah, yeah, I w that's with the do 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 do, like that bass of like, oh, I'm just, I love it so much, and the '80s synthesizers and stuff. Oh, it's such a good movie. I I recommend it to everybody who hasn't seen the thing. Like, check out the original thing. So so good. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> I looked up movies like the thing in Google, uh -huh. and First thing they recommend is like The Fly and no. They Live, which like, okay, I get it kind of, but like, that's not what I meant by like this movie. I think they're focusing more on the 80s, like gore yeah. special effects sort of thing, which I think the thing was innovative for, but I want the psychological thing, not yeah. the physical thing. Yeah, me too. Have you seen Nope, by the way? No, I have not seen Nope. Okay. I haven't that seen would... the other one as well, like um, the one that – Them or something like that or Us. I haven't seen either one of those. I haven't seen Us, but Nope was very good. Like Nope, I think after thinking about it, I liked Nope more than Get Out. Um, oh, okay. So – and it's very much in my vein of horror, which I think means it's probably in your vein of horror. Um, yeah. I think you would enjoy it a lot. I, I don't know what to say about us because I haven't seen it, but nope was good. Both were on my list. It just sort of ran out of time and they fell out of theaters and then 
it became hard to get into theaters. Yeah. Nope. Nope is a yep. So. Yeah. The other one that I'm kind of curious to see down the road is the Glass Onion. Feels very. Uh, oh yeah, I'm. Not the I thing, really but... want to see Glass Onion. I might. They they're doing like a limited theatrical run of that. I might go see it in theaters. I might be down for that if you're interested. I don't know when or when, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this this podcast has devolved into like yeah. Movie the, dates. This, we we planned out seeing the thing on the podcast. Now it's just turned into. So Harvey, what do you what do you want to do next week? Like, uh. want to like hang out? Maybe grab dinner? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> huh. Um, all right. So where can they find you, Harvey Z? You can find me on Twitter at make me a Harvey Z. You can find me on Twitter at Atma underscore Phoenix. You can find our podcast at make me a podcast. You can always email us at make me a gamer podcast at gmail.com. And you can find our writings at uh, my writings at (laughs) Atma. You can find my writings at Atma'sWeapon.com. I am really surprised i managed to make it this far into the podcast without a complete verbal fuck up like i just had uh because my brain is tired harvey z take us out so like you made that comment of like oh you would be your brain would be filled with so much useless information that you would have to like squeeze out childhood memories and stuff in order to learn like new things about like warhammer and such and i'm like i've had to sit here and listen to like your kingdom hearts lore and good (laughs) lord there was a lot of stupidity in the kingdom hearts lore and like how many childhood memories of mine did you squish just so i could learn about like 13 and x and all the stupidity that comes around that name well you know what if you want to start a warhammer podcast called make me a warhammer or whatever you know then you can offer to screw up my brain but you you came on to this podcast knowing you was gonna get stupid kingdom Hearts shit i don't think i came on like hey when i was like let's start a podcast teach me about the i maybe at that time i might have signed up like oh sure how bad could it be the kingdom hearts lore was pretty bad it was <laughs> it, it was I, unexpectedly bad i am really surprised that like of all the things you have continue to carry along the kingdom hearts is the one that continues to persevere it's the most like rage it it fills up space i'm trying to delete that space of like (laughs) the king i've gotten rid of most of it but i'm still just like it's so stupid that my brain holds on to that part of just knowing it's stupid it's so stupid because i was like oh it seems like an interesting game it's got to be disney but no it's not fucking disney based they just go off the deep end with this like whole 13 and uh, i don't even know anything more than 13 and like the x guys or whatever his name is forwards backwards he's and i I don't even give a shit anymore (laughs) it's just bad give me nurgle give me chaos gods give me warhammer 40k instead of that